0: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. And this week I'm taking over the podcast. Well, sort of. Kimberly is currently traveling and right before she left, uh, together we interviewed Allison Crawford, who's the founder of Allison Crawford Design and Hotelette, a boutique vacation rental in Austin, Texas. She is also a Business of Design member. And she recently relocated to Paris, with her family while still running projects with her team in Austin. And you'll hear about Allison's experience relocating to Paris while still running projects in the US, as well as the passion that became a successful business, which is uh, an Airbnb hotelette. Before we jump into this episode, I got the most amazing email this morning from one of our members in Australia. And since Kimberly is away, she'll be hearing this for the first time with everyone else. But the subject line was $80,000 retainer. So that alone just, you know, made my morning. So I wanted to share this with everyone because I I love it when members share their success stories. Uh, You know, it, it reinforces what we do at Business of Design and we're so proud of the work that we do and all of our members who really, you know, don't just take the courses, but they implement and they follow it exactly as prescribed. And Jodi, who sent us this email, is definitely one of our members who, you know, does everything by the book. She follows the rules that we set out, and they are working for her. So she says that they're getting really busy over here in Australia, and she's so excited about her new boss group, which is amazing. I wonder if you could please pass on to Kimberly, and I've gotten permission to share this with the rest of the community as well, that I secured an $80,000 retainer here today for a new client. They were very impressed with my contract and my processes and are absolutely the sort of client I want to attract. I have done everything I've been told by Kimberly and put so much effort into talking to my ideal client in everything that I do. And look now, I have them. They will be living in Melbourne the whole time and we will project manage and they will move in when it's all finished and furnished. Isn't that lovely? I am so grateful to both of you for everything you do. You really do change lives, and I cannot wait to give you both the biggest hug when I see you in Santa Monica next year. You're truly amazing. We're so excited to see Jodi at the Santa Monica retreat in April. She goes on to say, you know what else? I saw some other designers this morning at a showroom and talked about business design. They said, oh, yes, it doesn't work for us over here. Bull. Bull it damn well does. Anyway, there you go. So we're going to have Jodi back on the podcast because we get that comment so much. I live wherever and it doesn't work for us here. Jodi is in Australia. She's been a longtime member of Business of Design, again, doing things exactly as we prescribe and it's absolutely working for her. So Jody's agreed to come on the, conver- on the podcast and have that conversation With Kimberly, you know, explaining, you know, not just saying, yes, it works, but getting into the specifics of how she makes that work for her. So thank you, Jodi. We are so proud of you and so excited to see you in Santa Monica as well. If you're interested in joining us in Santa Monica, the retreat is coming up April 28th to May 1st, 2022. Early bird registration is still on until December 15th, so head to the website. Full details are there. Of course, there's a discount if you sign up before December 15th. You also get in on member pricing if you're a Business of Design member. You can also join us in Vegas. We will be doing a seminar series at Las Vegas Market, January 24th to 26th, and we will be doing the BOD 15. So we're breaking it into three days, three phases, project initiation, design research and presentation, and project management. So if you join us for all three days, or you can sign up for individual days, all the pricing and details are on the website. Be sure to check that out. And if you're a Business of Design member, please join us on November 24th for the next BOD Live. Full details for all of these events are at businessofdesign.com.
1: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Seldon. and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too.
2: This is fun. I like not being responsible for the podcast today. It's awesome.
0: Oh, I'm taking off full responsibility too. Well, this is episode 248. And today we've got Business of Design member Allison Crawford with us. All the way from Paris. Yay. Hey Allison, how are you? Okay. How
2: are you? Hi, bonjour. Comment ça va? Oh man, are you (laughs) going (laughs) to? I was just looking over my French homework. That's it. That's it. Say (laughs) too. That's it. Uh, It's really good to see you. So, Paris by way of Austin, how does that work? Tell us.
3: Well, I was living in Austin and I am married to a European and we have a two year old daughter. And he was relocated to the Paris office for his company. And I am so lucky to be have the opportunity to come over here and have learn French and have my daughter speak fluent French and to just learn and absorb everything about the interior design scene and the vintage scene. And I've been meeting people and... Um, like acquiring sources. And it's just been, I mean, life-changing.
2: So good. Cheryl, we have lots of members who end up talking about moving to a new place and having to start over, right?
0: That was actually a, a really big topic on the last BOD Live. We've got so many members who aren't necessarily starting from scratch. They're established designers, but that the move from one city to another, even within the same country, right? Like one city to another, even within the U S you really do. You you need all new trades. You know, it's you're, you feel like you're starting from scratch, even though you've got the experience of running a business.
2: Yeah. And you have the, the language barrier on top of that, Alison, right? You're not, you're not quite fluent yet. Oh, I'm not fluent
3: at all. You caught, you just caught me off guard a few minutes ago and I couldn't even reply to that.
2: (laughs) I know how that feels when someone speaks Spanish to me. I'm like, I know this, I know this, I know this, wait, hold on. It's formatting right now in my head, the brilliant response. But by then they're like, bye, (laughs) adios. (laughs) Um, My Spanish is much better than my French. So I would be in a much
3: better position if we were in Spain, but I'm working on it. Slowly, it's coming together.
2: Okay, so now you are an interior designer, and you had a, a pretty happening business in Austin. You still have a happening business in Austin, but then you took this detour. Tell Cheryl, because you and I had a chance to talk about it already. Tell her about Hotelette. What? What is that?
3: Well, I had, as you mentioned, I had Alice, or I still have Alison for Design, and. I came up with the idea of Hotelette during a vacation to what was a work trip to LA. I went out there for design week and we stayed in an Airbnb and it just wasn't cute. I mean, it was kind of gross. You know, it was a single guy's bachelor pad. It smelled like his cat. The refrigerator was full. And I was thinking to myself, why aren't there any Airbnbs that are design-centric, like a boutique hotel, across multiple markets that are great for girls groups, for bachelorette parties, for professional getaways, for small teams. And so I did a little research and there was nothing like it at the time. This was 2016. And so I did some more digging around and I just couldn't find anything. And I love real estate. I mean, that is my favorite rabbit hole is to look at houses in cities that I don't even live in. And I love interior design, obviously. And I love to travel because at the time I um, I was single and I didn't have any kids. And so Hotelette really married all of those interests and I created it and I started looking for real estate in Nashville found the most perfect 1930s craftsman style house. It was it was pretty big, 3500 square feet, four bedrooms, and it needed a renovation. And so I got it. I moved to Nashville for a few months cuz I wanted to to buy locally. Like I I bought some things in Austin, but I also wanted to contribute to the the Nashville economy. So I bought a lot of vintage in Nashville and I decorated the entire house, remodeled everything, and really learned the market and learned the cool places to shop and eat and drink. So then I would put I put together a hotelette guide for all of the cities that we were in, and I could really add my like touch on everything, the interiors and their experience. And that's how Hotelette was born and then we we opened a hotellet in Austin and then in
2: Dallas. Wow, that is just so cool! I would stay there in a heartbeat.
3: It's um, so right now. I only have a hotel at Austin because when COVID happened and I knew I was moving to Paris, that was that that move was delayed sixteen months. I knew that when I was coming back to the U.S., I wouldn't want. I wouldn't have time to manage houses in Nashville and in Dallas also. So I sold both of those properties because Hotelette was really a real estate investment. And it was a great time to sell because the inventory was so low. And now we have Hotelette Austin and that's where all of my energy goes. And then I have been taking on a lot of design work for the design business which is a lot more manageable living in Paris.
0: So do you have design projects going on uh, in the U.S. and in Paris still? I have a bunch of projects going on in the U.S.
3: I don't have any in Paris because I've only been here two months.
0: Okay. So
3: I've been sourcing art and furniture for clients and shipping it back
0: to the U.S., Wow. And because of your recent move, do you still have a design team? Do you have designers on the ground there managing the projects for you?
3: Yes. My entire team is in Austin. How large? And is I'm here. Um, there are about five
0: five people. Okay. So projects are in good hands. Because that would Probably, be yes. to to let go of control to move that far away. It's not even like you can do a quick site check if you're just you know, one city to another to just pop over. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) um, Better have your process in order if you're going to do something like that. And that's one of the things that we said all the time that we loved about having the systems and procedures that you could do a project far away and you can make it work.
3: So we booked two consultations yesterday because we're working on the systems. And one of the things that we really needed to work on was onboarding new clients and how to handle the consultations because I hadn't been paying for them. I mean, I hadn't had the clients pay for them until now. And my operations person in Austin, she.
2: She booked two consultations yesterday. Hey, so so these are the first two consultations you've ever had paid. Correct. Wow. Okay, and what did you what did what are they paying for the consultations? Um,
3: so Christine, who is an interior designer but not a lead designer yet. They're,
2: are you asking me how much they're paying? Yeah, how much did you, did, did the 600 corner- each. Okay. Okay. So for a two hour consultation, $600. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there there was no,
0: like, go ahead. Sorry. That's so sorry. That's going to be with a senior designer as opposed to you because you're not there. Correct. Right.
2: Right. Okay. And did the clients who phoned and wanting the consultation say $600, I won't pay it. I'm out of here. Or did they say like, okay, great. Let me give you a credit card. Yeah. It was, I mean, we were just singing your praises. <laughs> it's so fun to hear this. Like, you know, gosh, Cheryl remembers too, 2003, 2004. I mean, even earlier when we started talking about this, most people did not charge for consultations. And now most people do. Most do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun to get paid for what you do. <laughs>
0: it's really fun. Yeah, there's- when I th- far fewer new members who that's a big challenge for them. Like if they don't, or someone new to the industry, um, you know, this, this step one process is difficult for them because they don't know how to go about having that conversation. It's the conversation that they're worried about versus the fact that they know that they need to be charging for that service. That's not sort of the hiccup at that, that step, that they know that they need to be charging. It's okay, how do I actually voice that? to the client.
2: Right. right. That onboarding process that you're talking wow. about.
0: Okay. So this is
2: exciting because I had talked to you, Allison, and you didn't have those two consultations booked. So well done. Yeah, we move, we move fast. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. So a lot of people listening are probably thinking like, forget clients. It's too hard. I'm going to open up a hotel at That's a brilliant idea. Um, but tell us, we won't go down that path today, but tell us How did you finally figure out how to put all of those different skill sets to use? Does it have something to do with sourcing vintage or? Well, so the
3: first house Nashville, I furnished the entire house, 3,500 square feet for about $20,000, which is not a lot. And it's because it was because of my sweat equity. Right. I mean, if it would cost so much more for someone to hire me to do that. But since it was my property, I didn't have to pay anyone to do it for me. And I could find the best deals out there. Mm-hmm. So that would, be, if, that would be my advice for someone. If someone wants to open a design-centric Airbnb, um, look at it as a real estate investment because that's what it is. And then know that you're in the hospitality business. Know that you are answering emails 24-7 in every day of the year. You're never closed. You're open Christmas. You're open Thanksgiving. The toilet breaks on uh, Labor Day weekend. You're fixing it. So it's like you own a hotel, basically.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I Wow. I mean, on the one hand, it seems... Oh, it just seems like so genius that you did it. And it's just, you could just keep rolling it over and keep adding to your real estate portfolio. And I'm with you. I love, I mean, to me, that feels really safe, like putting your money, especially in various cities and different markets. That feels like a really safe strategy for investing. Um, It is for sure. Yeah. So tell us now, do you still, I mean, you must continue to use vintage and- found objects and projects and you must be finding some of them in Paris. Oh my goodness. At the Poos, <laughs> At the fleas. Yeah. Um,
3: yes. Yes. I mean, I just love, 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 love vintage. And this is really the Mecca for it. And I have been finding, I'm, we it's a long story, but we live in a furnished apartment right now, but our next apartment will be unfurnished. So I'm already out there sourcing things for that apartment and finding the vendors that I want to purchase from, figuring out pricing, figuring out where to buy art. Even the logistics over here are different, like you, as you know, the buildings are much older in the they have tiny elevators if the building even has an elevator. So getting the furniture up you know, to the fourth floor or the third floor is very complicated. Like sometimes you have to put it through the windows and it's just different here. And so I'm I'm navigating that landscape and figuring out all of the logistics, figuring out all of the vendors, the pricing, where to source art, things like that. Um, and then I'm also source like I found this really amazing painting for a client that we're sending back to the U.S., So it's been really interesting and, um, thankfully I have a designer friend here that I met on Instagram and she goes with me sometimes. And so she can translate and she loves vintage too. And she loves interior design. So that's been, that's been really great too. And then obviously a lot of people here speak English, um, but it's that's the hardest part to adjusting to living over here is that i can't i feel like I can't fully express myself unless they speak they speak English, so that's why um that's been the hardest
2: adjustment I'm sure yeah um i'm so it's been a while since I've been to paris i'm I'm just really eager to get back there, Cheryl, I feel like we should. We should go hang out with Allison just to like get in the mood to do the Maison AFJ trip with business of design. Does that seem like, I feel a like really-
0: that's like a really necessary business trip that we just <laughs> need to do for business of design for like the, you know, that would give so much it's, back to our members to like, it's a, it's it's a scouting so trip experience. Yeah.
2: Right. A scouting trip. You that's, you nailed it. That would give yeah. so much back to the membership. Let's, yeah. let's be selfless yeah. and go to
0: Paris. Well, I, yeah. I mean, you've, you've mentioned more than once how amazing it would be to do one of our BOD elite retreats in Paris. Yeah. Uh, it, it is on the, on the list. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Sorry, but we digress. Okay. So I Over would
0: vicariously th- through you in the meantime,
2: Exactly, yeah. Allison. I would think your clients in, I mean, first of all, I have to laugh at the difference between living in Texas and living in Paris in terms of the logistics you just talked about. Cause everybody I know who is in Texas has a big old house and big old stairs and huge elevators. It's like oh
3: my And big old trucks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, huge triple-wide driveways, like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And then you go to Paris where I can just envision some of the things you're talking about. But I would think, as a general rule, your Texan customers must feel kind of excited to have you in Paris sourcing product for their homes for
3: sure i mean i have all my clients right now are they have been so gracious with the adjustment of me moving over here and them working mostly with my team and they're the painting that we sourced i mean the client is thrilled about it who doesn't want you know art and furniture from paris in their
2: apartment I mean, truly one of a kind. Exactly. Yeah. I would think that that's really smart. So the plan is for you to be the principal of the company while your team is on the ground in Austin. And then the the trick is to figure out how you can do a couple of face-to-face check-ins or not. I'm going to go back five times next
3: year. I've already booked... um, booked my schedule for that because it takes so much planning to work around family and hotelette um, and the business and the design business. so I booked five trips and that way I can onboard new clients I can meet with current clients I can meet with um, with my team we can have photo shoots like I really need to plan out 2022 now. It's such a so I'm good really thing. in
2: planning mode. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Exciting things. I think it's super exciting. Yes. Now, what if anybody listening to this podcast says, hey, I want to find a painting in Paris for my client? I shouldn't even say this to Allison because she's a serial <laughs> entrepreneur like me. That's a <laughs> bad. Forget I said it never happened, to Allison. Like already Allison's going, Yeah, I could totally do that. <laughs> no,
3: I know. I you I, I need to. One track mind. I need a one track mind because I am like you. And I think of all of these business ideas. I have to hand them off to other people. And now that's what you're doing. You're thinking of business ideas and you're handing them off to me, but I'm not the person to hand them
2: off to. (laughs) Cheryl's forbid me from opening any more company. It's been a while too, Cheryl. It's been a long time. You've opened a new business.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's probably time, right, Cheryl? (laughs) Yeah. Every like five years. Right. Every five years. Let's start something else. Throw it, throw it on the list. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know.
3: I,
0: I mean, nothing makes me happier than
3: a real estate rabbit hole in thinking of new businesses.
2: Yeah, exactly. I love it. So I, we had a client in Toronto and we found a pair of chandeliers for her at Marcheo Opus. And I love these chandeliers so much. And she, um, She was, something was going on. Oh, they were having their place. Um, They were having their home renovated and she needed to remove these chandeliers and put them somewhere. So I said, you know what? I'll hang them in my dining room for the next year while you renovate. We'll take them down and we'll hang them so they won't get busted. She was thrilled and I was thrilled because I loved them. And then when it was time for the renovation to be over, she wanted them back. And we ended up, I ended up wrapping a ball from one of the crystals in a, in a beautiful box. And then I put inside a note that was all cut out from letters of a magazine, like a really creepy serial killer. And I'm like, if you, if you care about your chandeliers, don't ask about them again. And just, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, I finally had to give the chandeliers back. You can come over and find two new chandeliers for your place. Uh, see, yeah, we'll do this. This is
3: a Problem good idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know real estate is definitely, I think, you know, an interest for a lot of our members. You know, when we've done design for living, design for living, or where uh, you know, do you see your company in three years, like long-term? plans, whether it's um, flipping houses or um, having a rental. Now a rental would be a very different experience from an Airbnb, but sort of that desire, how did your process change when you're designing a, you know, a project for yourself, but not one that you're going to live in versus when you're designing for a client? So when it is that kind of Um, project so if somebody was buying real estate um, again to flip it or to um, rent it out how did that change when you're still the client um, from your regular process well i think
3: that's what's so fun about about designing for yourself because hotelette was really a self-expression of of me and I picked everything that I loved and it didn't I didn't have anyone to answer to and and so I think that's what made them so special is that they were really quirky things in the houses they were um it was you know a little avant-garde and that's what I think made them really pop is when you add that personality because when you're flipping like traditional flipping houses where you're flipping short term, it's three months, uh, you know, six months, then you're trying to appeal to a bigger market. And so you can't really take that many risks because I've flipped houses in that in that manner too. And you really want to appeal to to everyone. As opposed to hotelette, I was decorating for myself and I wanted it to be cool and a little bit kitschy and I wanted it to reflect the towns that they were in and like um
0: because essentially national- you are your ideal client to then rent out that space to use right that. right and
3: um other people loved it as much as i did but when you're flipping like traditional flipping then you have to appeal to everyone
2: um yeah and exactly. you're more it's more like about neutrals and functionality, functionality. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, and then when you, when you launched Hotelette, was it through a service like Vrbo or Airbnb? Did it become one of their properties?
3: Yes. We're still on Airbnb, VRBO um, and booking.com and then hotelette.com.
2: Okay. Wow. Amazing. Good for you. Well, we're excited to see your first project in Austin that has a Parisian flair. I think that's really cool.
3: It's so funny that you should say that because the Dallas Hotelette, the inspiration was a Parisian apartment. So I've been manifesting this for several years. And um, I'm really excited for us to move into our Parisian apartment that I get to decorate and I get to go find. And I already found my dream sofa. I found some side side tables. I'm really... I'm going, it's going to be small. It'll probably be about 700 square feet, I think. So I'm already going, thinking of the things that I need and I don't need for the apartment. And then we're wrapping up a bunch of Austin projects early early in 2022 and we'll photograph those. So lots of exciting things happening for sure.
0: Yeah. Go ahead,
2: Cheryl.
0: And now that you're there, um, living in Paris and you know outsourcing and and you know, learning all about the design while living there. Are there any decisions you would have made differently on your Airbnb? Sourcing um, from a distance has to be a different experience than you know being there and absorbing the design culture now that you're there.
3: I already want to redecorate hotel at Austin with all with everything from Paris and make it a showroom and then sell the items from Hotelette.
0: So oh, a hey. new business.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See? But I have to get back to my one track mind.
2: <laughs> there should be an anonymous program for people like Allison and you. Like, now, this is what I'm, I'm going to do this now. I feel like sometimes, like, I should have been a circus performer. Like, oh. I'm just to juggle it all. I'm just I love doing it all. Yeah. I totally feel you. That's genius. I know. I was trying to think like, could you, if you really wanted to launch something like this, could you purchase your first property? Could you somehow have your office, your design studio on the second floor and maybe only rent the first floor out? So you have people using the house all the time and keeping an eye on things. I'm just trying to think if you want to get started down that path that could be a good way to kind of maximize your investment dollars.
3: Right. But again, I need a one-track mind.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry.
0: <laughs> you, need to, I, you need to hire the right no person. <laughs> just phone Cheryl. Somebody who's just <laughs> there that you can pick up the phone and talk to, just that you know that, okay, I'm going to make this phone call. She didn't tell me no, and then I'll stop. She'll not go But down. I'm so
2: convincing.
0: <laughs> Cheryl, no. She really would say that
2: about herself too. I totally am stuck so yeah. in Cheryl. <laughs> Cheryl doesn't even bother being nice about it anymore. She's like, "No, we're not. That's not what we're doing." <laughs> I'm like, actually, you know, I am the boss. Just, uh huh. Yeah, that's not what we're doing.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, that's that's so nice. Yeah. Now, Kimberly, you need to be that person for me,
0: but it sounds like you're not fit for that job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fit for that job. I have a bracelet. <laughs> what would Cheryl do? Through like coaching and things like that, you're a lot better at saying no to, like it's easier to see a, a wrong decision or a wrong path or like yeah. you're spreading yourself too thin. It's a lot easier to see that in somebody else than yourself. Yeah, but the problem with Allison's idea is like,
2: well, the stuff is there, right? And the stuff's already there, so why not just sell it if it's already there? Why? Why not? What's wrong with that? We wish you so much success, and we're going to be really excited to watch it happen, to watch your website explode with great new photographs, and just to hear more about Allison Crawford Design and all the great things you're doing. Like, really congratulations. Well,
3: thank you. I'm excited for your scouting trip to Paris. Yes.
2: Yeah, I feel like we could sort this out, Cheryl. We go to Paris, <laughs> we just sit down with Allison, a couple glasses of wine, we can figure out all the things
3: yeah I mean we could go scout if you wanted to do like a retreat, we could scout out the restaurants we could scout out the the markets, the contemporary stores, the museums there's a lot of research to do
0: yeah,
2: yeah I feel like that's that's critically important, and as Cheryl said, really selfless of us. <laughs>
0: It's just, it's research. It's research. It's a
2: good deed for 2022. But we're going to make it happen. <laughs> on the calendar.
0: <laughs> well, Allison, we end every episode with uh, design intervention. So a piece of advice that you've either through experience or advice from somebody else uh, received that you would um, share with other designers in our community. It doesn't have to be on topic. It can be anything uh, from your time as a designer. So my best advice. Best advice.
3: I think it's the advice to stick, pick a path and stick to it, which is the hardest advice for me to
2: to take. I'm so sorry not to laugh. (laughs) Says the woman whose path has been circular. (laughs) (laughs) My path is a (laughs) loop-de-loop. Stay, stay the course. It's really good advice. Everybody should do that.
3: I I mean I if. (laughs) <laughs> I yeah. just, I, so I read the daily, I re- try to read the daily stoic every um, morning and I came across stay the course the other day. And whenever I come up with these other ideas, I think to myself, stay the course, stay the course. And I have a, a mood board in my office that I constantly look at so that I can remember where I'm going and to stay that course. And then I have a growth plan that I constantly look at. It's on the, on the wall too. And it has all of the big goals. So that if I, if I come up with another idea, I compare it to the growth plan and I'm like, no, it's not in there. Stay the course, stay the course.
2: It's really good advice. It's good advice. It comes naturally to Cheryl. (laughs) Well,
0: and it does sound like you've got big ideas, but you know, which ones to follow. Yes. And one is going to detract time. from another, then yeah, stay, stay the course and, and stick with that.
3: Things take time. Businesses take time. I mean, I think in, in media, being an entrepreneur is over glamorized and it looks like these huge companies were built overnight and they weren't. I mean,
2: it takes decades to build a profitable business. Yeah. It takes decades to become an overnight success.
3: <laughs> right I mean people just people just see see today they don't see me schlepping copiers on Wall Street thirteen years ago, you know um they don't see the years of seven seven day work weeks, and you know it just they just see today
2: yeah, great advice, great advice. All right, we'll see you in Paris then. That sounds great.
0: Yeah. Looking forward to 2022. Paris. Yeah. It'll be a good year. Yeah. Oh, get on the calendar. <laughs> okay. See, she said yes to this. Yay! Yeah, as long as I get to go, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much. Hi, Thanks, Allison. Thank you.
1: Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.